It's the Bradfield Weather Podcast, underwritten by Action Carpet and Floor Covering of Simsbury, a full-service family-run flooring company, and by McAllen Construction Company. From the first dig to the last nail, McAllen Construction, woman-owned, small minority business. I am Dan Lavallo. He is meteorologist Brad Field. And Brad, here we are putting this podcast together on Friday, January the 15th. And we've got some rain in our forecast, don't we? Mainly rain, Dan, but uh, it could start as a little bit of snow. Uh, I would say uh, north of Interstate 84 from Danbury to Waterbury and west of Interstate 91 from uh, about Middletown up to Hartford and then up to Windsor Lock. So uh, again, we're highlighting mainly the western hills of Connecticut along Route 8 uh, north of Waterbury. I think that there will be some snow this evening and there could be a coating to an inch. So um, if anybody's out driving uh, around and about this evening, uh, plan on a little bit of snow uh, in that Route 8 corridor in Litchfield County. But Dan, as you said, this is a largely a rain event for Connecticut. So we will phrase our forecast as rain tonight or Rain and snow mixed in the hills, trending over to rain as the night progresses. And it looks like a pretty good rainstorm tonight, too, Dan, on the order of one to two inches of rain. Will there be wind accompanying the storm? There will be wind, but I don't think it's uh, going to be uh, any problem. I don't think it's any kind of wind that's going to uh, down any tree limbs or anything like that. So I am not looking for any power issues tonight, but rather just a, a soaking rain. Uh, primarily, the heaviest part of the rain comes in in the pre-dawn. So let's say 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., something like that. And it should rain pretty well through tomorrow morning kind of tapering off during the midday and then uh, some much nicer weather coming for the Sunday and Monday time frame. Now, this is interesting as we kind of meld into our on the weather map segment. Is, is this the precipitation that is right now resulting in snow elsewhere in the country? Yes. Yes, it absolutely is, Dan. Uh, there is a blizzard uh, that is centered right now in eastern Iowa. Uh, blizzard conditions are now in effect. So this is, again, this is Friday afternoon, January 15th. Blizzard conditions are in effect in southern Minnesota, western Iowa, eastern Nebraska, and most of Missouri, except extreme southern Missouri, uh, now a uh, a blizzard has criterion, and the criterion are a time period of three hours or more of heavy snow, which is defined as visibility of a quarter mile or less, and also three hours or more of very windy conditions, which are defined as winds gusting past 35 miles per hour. So we've got an ongoing blizzard uh, in eastern Iowa now tracking toward the Great Lakes. So we are ultimately going to be on the east side of this storm, or in other words, the warm side of this storm. Uh, 
As always, though, Dan, we've got complicating issues, and uh, I will explain those uh, complicating issues as we go along. Well, that begs the question, how come, particularly here we are, the middle of January, why are we getting a rainstorm when it is snowing elsewhere? Why aren't we getting snow? Well, it depends on the track of the storm, Dan. Uh, No matter what a low-pressure system, be it the weakest storm you can imagine, to a uh, hurricane, to a major Category 5 hurricane, in the Northern Hemisphere, you have a counterclockwise circulation around that low pressure. So if that low-pressure system is in eastern Iowa right now, points that are west of there are going to be getting the northerly flow on the western side of the storm, and places to the east of the center are going to be getting a southerly flow. So this time of year, it is all about how the storm tracks. If if we have a storm that tracks, as this one is going to do, from, say, Iowa into the Great Lakes, and down the St. Lawrence River Valley, that system is staying to our west and our northwest the whole time. That means we are on the warm side. Now, if there's enough cold air around when the precipitation starts, as is the case tonight, there can be some snow. But ultimately, at all levels of the atmosphere, even up at cloud level, Warm air will flood in on a southerly flow and ultimately change this thing over to rain. Now, what complicates things here is that uh, it's it's basically because of the geography of New England. The fact that uh, you come up the eastern seaboard from Florida, uh, you come on a north-northeast heading and you almost end up in New York City. So basically from Florida right up to New York City, it's, it's, it's a north-northeast trajectory, but it's pretty straight. Then all of a sudden you get to Long Island, which juts out into the Atlantic. And then you get uh, up into New England, which juts out into the Atlantic. So essentially New England has ocean to the south and ocean to the east. This time of year... Uh, the, 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 the warm fronts want to stay there because, um, think of, I, I always said, think of a warm front as a lazy person, someone who doesn't want to do much in the way of work. Okay. So that warm front is coming along and it's easy. It's easy. It's out over warm water. It's easy. Then all of a sudden it hits the landmass of new England. Uh, it's cold. Uh, we've got, um, We've got uh, molecules that are, are are more tightly packed in cold air. Uh, it's it's more molecularly dense. Uh, it, it's kind of the analogy I use of all of a sudden coming to a blocking offensive line. It's hard to get through. So the warm front comes up to the New England coast and hits that colder, more dense air, especially if there's snow on the ground over New England. It hits that colder, more dense air, and it kind of comes to a stop. So uh, I sort of see that happening tonight. I see a redevelopment that's going to take place. Um, In addition to the blizzard tracking from eastern Iowa into the Great Lakes, we've got the cold high located up over Maine. So that's kind of those blocking linemen I was talking about. By this evening, the low pressure center, the blizzard, is going to be moving on up into Michigan. And by daybreak, the blizzard will be located on the Michigan-Canada border. 
but a secondary low pressure system, much weaker, will be located around New York City. Now, what is that secondary low going to do? Picture New York City now. Picture a counterclockwise circulation. So instead of us getting a clean southerly flow of milder air, all of a sudden that secondary is cutting off the milder air. We've got an easterly flow. If you, you know, if you picture the storm over New York City and sort of take your finger and go counterclockwise around an imaginary low pressure center, you would see coming into Connecticut would be an easterly wind. So we're going to see easterly winds coming in ultimately off the Atlantic. The water temperature in the Atlantic is cooling now into the upper 30s and lower 40s. So we are going to reflect that air temperature. And instead of getting filthy warm tomorrow, we're going to be chilly with temperatures, say, between uh, mainly 35 and 40 tonight and mainly 40 and 45 tomorrow. And then uh, then a cold front will ultimately sweep through and the flow will turn into the west and northwest. The skies will start to clear out uh, and the temperatures will cool, but not dramatically just yet. So we've got the secondary low going by Saturday evening. It's up around Portland, Maine. By Sunday morning, we're going to have a low off Nova Scotia, a cold front coming into New York State, uh, kind of on the New York-Canada border. Monday, Tuesday, that cold front is going to traverse New England. And I'm saying, Dan, Monday and Tuesday, that's a long time. Yes, this Arctic air is just oozing. It is not flowing quickly. It is just oozing to the south. By Wednesday and Thursday, it looks like a clipper is going to be coming along the stalled Arctic boundary. The the Arctic it'll it'll come into the U.S. Um, from say around Saskatchewan or Manitoba, uh, move down into the upper Midwest, and then that clipper will move across the Great Lakes, where we will have a stalled Arctic boundary, and it will move into New England. I think around Thursday of next week. So in other words, Dan, six days hence. I'm expecting snow showers and light snow from that clipper system coming through. And then by Friday, the low will be off the New England coast with much colder air poised to move in. I want to take a moment to talk about one of our underwriters for the Bradfield Weather Podcast, McAllen Construction of Prospect, Connecticut, a full-service construction company servicing the entire state of Connecticut for over 25 years. And that includes snow plowing. And as you have been hearing on the podcast, we are going to be, over the next two months, it apparently appears, in store for a lot of snow. And McAllen Construction does engage in snow removal. McAllen Construction is a woman-owned, small-minority business, utility construction, site work, Water and sewer repairs and installation, residential and commercial building projects, and snow removal. McAllen Construction, State of Connecticut licensed and insured. On call 24-7, 365 days a year. Call McAllen Construction today. 203-758-3474. 203-758-3474. Or visit them online, McAllenConstructionCT.com. McAllenConstructionCT.com. McAllen Construction. From the first dig to the last nail. Brad, that's the perfect way to pivot 
the perfect way to pivot into our crystal ball segment. And I know we talked a lot last week about the polar vortex. Where does it all stand? Well, Dan, um, thank you for following up on that. Um, I wanted to talk a little today about specialists. For example, um, I believe with my uh, Southern New England experience of uh, working one year at a place called Weather Services Corporation in Bedford, Massachusetts in the late 1970s, and then working three years in Providence, Rhode Island from uh, 1980 to 1983, and then being the chief meteorologist on NBC from 1983 to 2017, and now doing this podcast with you, Dan. I don't know what uh, episode we're on, 125 or something? 126. 126. Yes. I consider myself a snow and ice expert. Now, you you got a big hurricane bearing down on Florida. Are you going to listen to Brad Field up in Hartford, Connecticut, or are you going to listen to a specialist from the National Hurricane Center? I'll tell you who I'll be listening to, Dan, <laughs> the specialist from the National Hurricane Center. Now, if you've got a tornado bearing down on us, are you going to listen to the guy from the Hurricane Center, or are you going to listen to someone from the Severe Storms Prediction Center? I'm going to listen to the guy from the Severe Storms Prediction Center. Yes. Well, over the years, Dan, and I've had many, and you've had just as many as me, <laughs> but here's the deal on that, Dan. Um, I've developed a, a good network of friends that, um, that, that do these long range predictions, uh, guys like, uh, Mike Palmarino, he's up at weather services international. He and I went to college together at, at Lowell. Uh, he does commodities and long range forecasting a guy named Larry Cosgrove, who used to be on television. Um, he's around our age, Dan, he's up into his sixties now, and he's a meteorologist specializing in global weather forecasting. Um, there's Henry Margus city, uh, specializing in long-range predictions from AccuWeather in Pennsylvania. There's Joe Bastardi. People have heard of him. Uh, he was a big AccuWeather meteorologist back a few decades ago, but now he is one of the presidents at WeatherBell. Uh, along with Joe DeLeo, who was a, um, a media, uh, excuse me, a professor up at Linden State College in Lindenville, Vermont, professor of meteorology. So all of these guys are on the same page, Dan, when it comes to the long range prediction. I remember using this analogy with you last week. I said I was going to be Gene Hackman from uh, the movie Hoosiers. My team is on the court. The players are in place. They are all in place for us to turn cold and stormy. Now, is it a sure thing that it will turn cold and stormy? I have enough experience to know nothing in meteorology is a sure thing. Nothing. But this on paper looks very, very good. To quote, Joe Bastardi, he said, quote, cross polar flow, look out below. Well, within five to 10 days, we've got a flow pattern that's going to go from Siberia right across the North Pole, right into Canada and right into the U.S. 
Uh, there was a meteorologist on Channel 4 in Boston when I was a kid growing up named Bruce Schwegler. And he said, all that separates us in the North Pole is a barbed wire fence. And pretty much that could be the case as we head into late January and February. Not backing down on my prediction. Now, again, I say to you, Dan, nothing in meteorology is ever guaranteed. But the players are in place for something big to happen. Uh, we've got a series of storms right now traversing the Pacific. And by next Friday, it appears that there will be a massive low forming in the Aleutian Islands. Now, that could really be the game changer. The deep trough over Alaska and the Aleutian Islands. Big Ridge pumping up over the intermountain regions of uh uh, the Rockies, uh, right up the United States into Canada. Then that flow pattern coming down from the North pole, uh, right down into central Canada, Hudson Bay kind of uh, nosing its way right down into the great lakes and to the Midwest. So that is what I'm looking for in the long range. And a lot of times what happens with these lows that come slamming into the Pacific Northwest, they get kind of lost and break up over the Rockies. And then all of a sudden they emerge around Texas and Oklahoma. They start feeding in moisture from the Gulf of Mexico. And then all of a sudden they redevelop on the East Coast. You asked earlier, Dan, and it was a great question. Why are we getting rain here? We are deep in January and Iowa and Missouri and Nebraska are all getting snow. Well, I think I explained it about the counterclockwise situ situation, circulation around the low pressure area. But in the wintertime, remember, it's critical. It is all about the track. You have to have a favorable track. And that favorable track is up the eastern seaboard. When we look to the Texas-Oklahoma panhandle and we look to the Gulf of Mexico and we look to the Carolina coast and then something is coming up the coast, it's off Delaware, it's off New Jersey, it's off Long Island, it's off Cape Cod. That is the perfect track for us to get snow because if a storm takes that track, do the little counterclockwise circulation. It gives us a northeast flow in Connecticut, hence the term nor'easter. The northerly component bringing down the cold, the easterly component bringing in the moisture. We get our big snowstorms on northeast winds. And to get those northeast winds, we need the storm to track up the coast, but off the coast out in the ocean, not so far out in the ocean that we don't get the storm, <laughs> but, but close enough to us. And it looks like, as I said, the players are on the court for this to set up. Okay. So the players are on the court. I'm looking at my roster <laughs> are, are, are among the, I want Jason Tatum on my team. <laughs> you can't have him. I want him. Uh, I'm looking at the roster are among the members on that roster, the Greenland block. In other words, is that still in play? Still in play, Dan. And I didn't even think of uh, bringing that up on the show today. I'm glad you did. Absolutely. 
Uh, the Greenland block is still in play. Uh, another thing that's happening is as we go through the winter, it appears La Nina will weaken. And remember that research I told you done by um, my friend and former car colleague Art Horn when we were at NBC Connecticut. He did he did research on when we get our big snows in Connecticut. Is it during El Nino? The answer to that is absolutely no. We do, we get a lot of rain during El Nino winters, but not much in the way of snow. Does it happen during La Nina? Well, during La Nina, we get a fairly normal winter around here. So, you know, we can expect a normal dose, about four feet of snow in Hartford, uh, five or six feet of snow in the hills or whatever. But what happens when it's neither El Nino nor La Nina when it's trending to end so neutral in the Pacific, which it is doing, we get our big snows. The polar vortex has broken free. And it's, you know, I, I, I plead for patience with our listeners because it's a long way from the North Pole to here. <laughs> It's a long way. Uh, the, the, the cold air isn't going to get here like overnight. It, it takes a while to get here. And it usually takes storms to jerk it down, pull it down. And I do see that th this is one storm, this storm cutting through the Great Lakes tonight. This is one storm that'll pull it a little bit closer. So we had the stratospheric warming event over the North Pole, which breaks the polar vortex free. We've got the cross polar flow. We've got the Greenland block, which what's that going to do? It's going to slow down storms as they make their way up the eastern seaboard. So if you're getting heavy snow, instead of getting six hours of heavy snow and the storm moves by, the Greenland block slows everything down. So then all of a sudden you might get 24 hours of heavy snow instead of six. So that player is there. The, cold, the Arctic air is definitely in play now. Uh, it looks like a more favorable storm track, and we are trending from La Nina toward Enso Neutral, which usually results in snowy winters in Connecticut. So uh, I, I'm still thinking the last week of January uh, and uh, the first three weeks at least of February, I think are in play for some cold, cold air, and some big storms. National Weather Service is starting to see it, Dan. I looked at their long-range products about two or three weeks ago, and as a snow lover, I was disgusted. They had the whole lower 48 of the United States painted orange, which means above normal temperatures. Not anymore. Not anymore. Now they have um, beginning even next Wednesday, so only five days away, through uh through not this sunday but the following sunday so between january 20th and january 24th they have for us in connecticut normal cold air over us so instead of going up into the low 40s every day or the upper 30s we're going to be more normal like 33 34 for the daytime high that's what that means but then you look at it a little more closely that that last week of January, January 22nd through January 28th. So in other words, next Friday, a week from today, going to almost two weeks from today, all over Connecticut and the Northeast, below normal cold. So once you get the Arctic air in play, that means when storms come along, even 
even if you have above normal temperatures in the winter, you can still get a snowstorm. But when you have below normal temperatures in the winter and storms come along, you are almost guaranteed that it will be a snowstorm. So by that last week of January, the National Weather Service, which two weeks ago had the whole United States painted bright red, is now quite blue over the northeastern United States, ind indicative of below normal cold. I want to take just a moment to talk about one of the underwriters for our Bradfield Weather Podcast, Action Carpet and Floor Covering of Simsbury, a full-service, licensed, family-run flooring company serving the region. Action Carpet and Floor Covering was founded in 1993 by Kevin Blake, and Action Carpet and Floor Covering serves both residential and commercial customers offering brand-name floor-covering products in vinyl, laminate, hardwood, carpet, area rugs, and tile, plus backsplash. Action Carpet and Floor Covering installs also offers free estimates on all installations. Free quotes are offered for insurance estimates, high-pressure or hot water extraction, stripping and waxing of floors, upholstery cleaning, restoration, area rug cleaning, and much, much more. Action Carpet and Floor Covering wants its customers to be beyond satisfied. They want to be considered their customers' one and only floor covering company. Call Action Carpet and Floor Covering of Simsbury today at 860-651-8406. That's 860-651-8406. Or go online at action-carpet.com. Action dashcarpet.com. Brad, I'm going to really put you out now, and I know this is our crystal ball segment, but really look, if you can, maybe you can't, really look deep into your crystal ball. Once the polar vortex arrives, and it seems as if it will, even though it's a bit delayed, how long is it going to hang around, particularly when that sun gets higher in the sky as we go into February? Uh, good question. Uh, absolutely good question. Uh, the honest answer is unknown, but usually when you get, get Arctic air, uh, it is very molecularly dense because, uh, the, the cold air, cold air molecules are much more dense than warm air mo molecules. They're very difficult to displace. What, what also happens is once you get the Arctic cold in place, you start putting down snow fields and snow because of its albedo, because of the fact it's white and it's very reflective, snow protects itself. So if you get snow down on the ground, deep snow, especially, and you put it on over a wide area at night, it can get much colder than it normally would get because you've got, you say you've got clear sky and calm wind and snow, which has reflected the sunlight all day long. Any heat energy that radiates from the earth goes directly out into space. And when you have a fresh snow cover on the ground, it can get bitterly cold. So my point here is snow begets snow. And the cold air begets more cold air. And 
one of the chief meteorologists that I worked for at Weather Services Corporation when I was an intern in college in my my first year out of college, his name was Bob Rice. And um, Bob said to me, and it's something I've always remembered, you never get out of Arctic air cleanly. And so usually when you when the Arctic air is going to be displaced, there's usually a big storm on the tail end of that too, because there's an atmospheric fight going on for control of new England say, and, and the cold air will not give up without a battle. So sometimes there's a storm on the front end that sucks the Arctic air in. And sometimes there's a storm on the back end, just before it starts to warm up, you might get a big snowstorm too. What you're saying is make sure the oil tank is filled because we we are when you think about it we're not even a third of the way through the winter so let's not be fooled by the fact here we are on January 15th and there's very little if any snow cover is that what you're saying That's what I'm saying exactly yeah. exactly I I uh I think the pro- personally me Bradfield thinks that the prime time for snow is say mid January through about the first week of March. I th- I think that's our prime snow time here. Um, and it, it's for various reasons. Uh, the reason I'm not saying December is uh, in December. Think about what I said about the geography. New England sticks out into the ocean and the ocean takes a long time to cool off. So in, in December, December 15th, the ocean waters off New England might be 45, 47 degrees. So you get a storm that comes along and the wind blows off the ocean. Guess what? It's going to turn to rain. Fast forward, though, to January when all of a sudden the water temperature drops to 35 to 37 degrees. And that cold water holds through February and the first week of March. It's much easier to get a snowstorm because even if the wind blows off the water, uh, even places like Nantucket and Cape Cod and Martha's Vineyard and Block Island, they can get heavy wet snow with, say, a temperature of 34 degrees. And we're usually a shoe in for snow uh, back uh, through interior sections of New England. So um, I wanted to point that out. But I also wanted to point out about tonight, uh, Dan, I, I was negligent about saying this earlier. Looks like a heavy storm. Uh, the GFS gives us about an inch and a half of rain tonight. And the NAM, the North American model, gives us about two and a quarter inches of rain tonight. So that uh, that oh, drought of summer 2020 is definitely going by the wayside. We are getting a lot of water. Uh, they're giving about a uh, 24% chance, Dan, of you getting an inch of snow in, in Torrington tonight. So it's not a big deal. Um, I'm saying for the nor- northwest hills of Litchfield County, especially uh, a coating to an inch of snow this evening. And uh, they they give a 12% chance of four inches of snow around North Adams. So you get the idea that, you know, this is not a big deal what's coming tonight. It's It's primarily rain and it's heavy rain. Now, before we wrap things up by going to our immediate forecast, and I know you're a meteorologist, not a climatologist, but I'm sure you've seen the reports that 2020 turned out to be one of the warmest years on record. What's your take on that? Well, um, let me look over the data and we can discuss in the next podcast, Dan. Definitely. I have not looked at the data, but it does not surprise me. 
I mean, it does not surprise me. Remember this summer we were trying to count the 90 degree days and we broke the record even in, in, uh, even in Hartford, I say Hartford, but when I say Hartford, I mean, Bradley international airport, they, they, they consider that the greater Hartford area. Um, so the record keeping is at Bradley international airport, but we broke the all time record, uh, that since weather records have been kept, I mean, I can't tell you what happened in 1450, <laughs> but since weather records have been kept the most days with the temperature at or above the 90 degree mark, I, I think it was in, I, the number escapes me, but I want to say it was 38, 39, something like that times that the temperature hit 90 and we had the wicked drought too. So no wonder the lawns got burned to smithereens this summer. So, uh, but, but we are coming out of the drought and, uh, kind of on an, on, uh, an ominous note. Uh, I always like to think of the earth trying to maintain a thermal balance. So in other words, we do not turn into a burning cinder and uh it it's we've called it before on the podcast the rubber band theory uh you know it's it's you 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 pull the band back a little it goes the other way a little you pull the band back a lot it goes the other way a lot so in terms of heat this past year we pulled the band back a long way now let's see if the rubber band goes shooting in the opposite direction so that's a little I'm not saying that will happen, but a little cautionary tone there. I'm I'm prepared to duck if it comes in the other direction. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and on that note, Brad, uh, our immediate forecast, again, we're putting this podcast together on Friday afternoon, January 15th. What does our weather look like? Well, Dan, it is so gloomy out there this afternoon, and gloom will continue. Uh, cloudy sky, temperature mainly between 36 and 42. I'm looking for rain and snow showers developing this evening, temperature between 32 and 37, with, again, a coating to up to an inch of snow in the northwest hills of Connecticut. But it's all going to wash away quickly because I'm looking for late-night rain. The rain is possibly heavy. Uh, for Saturday morning and midday rain, temperature 42 to 47 as that low, secondary low, uh, traverses Connecticut. It moves from New York City to Portland, Maine by sundown. Uh, a slight chance of some flurries on the backside of the low tomorrow night, temperature between 28 and 34. So that is not cold for this time of year. Sunday looks partly sunny, 36 to 42. Uh, the MLK Jr. Holiday Monday, partly sunny, 36 to 42. Tuesday, mainly sunny and in the 30s. Uh, Wednesday, partly sunny and in the 30s. And Thursday, clouding up with uh, snow or snow showers and temperatures between 30 and 35. Okay. And on that note, to, to you and Sandy and our podcast audience, a big thank you. And we always thank our first responders, those who put their lives on the line for us every day. A big thank you. Thank you very much, Dan. And uh, to you and Susan and uh, all our listeners, a terrific weekend. Thanks, Brad. The Bradfield Weather Podcast has been underwritten by McAllen Construction Company. From the first dig to the last nail, McAllen Construction, woman-owned, small minority business, and by Action Carpet and Floor Covering of Simsbury, a full-service, family-run flooring company.